He must have been 32 years old with a, with a heart issue. And Scott, all you'd have to do to get Scott mad and really mad was say, oh, Scott, you're right. You're always right. <laughs> and he would be ready to beat you about the head. Uh, uh, I am wrong. It, it, it's, it's hard to say. Terry, anytime Terry and I, and, and every once in a while, Terry and I will have an argument. Uh, you know, every once in a while she'll be wrong and I'll have to, no, that's not true. Every once in a while, Terry and I will have an argument, and she says this to me almost all the time. You think you're always right. And I always say, duh. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to be arguing about things that I don't think I'm right about, right? Does, does that make any logical sense to anybody? If you're arguing about something, if you're having a, a difficult conversation about something, most of the time you think you're right. <laughs> and so sometimes it's hard for us to say that we're wrong. But the ability to acknowledge you're wrong is essential in any relationship. Amen? If you're going to have a vibrant, living, real, significant relationship, if you're going to be married, if you're going to have kids, you have to be able to say you're wrong. And you have to be able to acknowledge when you're wrong. You know, I, I talk to my boys all the time about owning mistakes. That one, one of the worst things that, that people do is not own their mistakes, right? Don't you hate that? When, 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 you, when you go to a, a restaurant and, and, you know, I'm okay with mistakes, just own them. Just say, hey, yeah, I made a mistake. Last weekend, we were at a, a basketball tournament. Spencer was playing, and they were up by two points with five seconds left. And the stupid scoreboard operator messed up. He did. The stupid scoreboard operator messed up, and the other team scored, and they had enough time to hit a three and just rip our guts out of us and beat us. The problem was, I was that stupid scoreboard operator. <laughs> so the kids are all down. You know what I did? I said, it was on me. I messed up. I didn't start the clock in time. We need to own our mistakes. And, and that's something I try to work into the lives of my boys. I, I think it's essential for families and friends and church and workplace that we simply own our mistakes, that we have the ability to say, I am wrong. The ability to acknowledge you're wrong is essential in our relationship with God. Amen? <laughs> the ability to tell God, I was wrong, is essential if we're going to have a growing, significant relationship with our Heavenly Father. Now, of course, it's, it's Pentecost Sunday. Pentecost, uh, you know, we, we celebrate Christmas, we, we celebrate Easter, and, and rightfully so, we celebrate those things. But Pentecost is the thing that brings it all together. Well, without God giving the Holy Spirit to indwell us, the work of the cross, the, the work of Jesus coming would have not the same significance as it does. But because God sent the Holy Spirit, we have the ability for God not to just to just know about God, but for God to live in us. And we believe the Holy Spirit, He gives us power. The Holy Spirit gives us 
purity. The Holy Spirit gives us boldness. The Holy Spirit encourages us. The Holy Spirit allows us to speak the things of God. The Holy Spirit leads us. It is literally the Spirit of God within the followers of Jesus Christ that enable us to be what Jesus wants us to be. Without the Spirit, all these things that God has asked us to do, what Jesus has asked us to do, is simply impossible. But this morning I'm going to talk about something I don't know I've ever, I've ever preached on this. But another work of the Holy Spirit... Holy Spirit convicts. <laughs> I, I, I can't, I, you know, I, 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 as I've thought about this, you know, I've, I've been a senior pastor and I've been preaching since 1998, nearly 20 years. I cannot think of one sermon where I've preached on the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Turn with me to John chapter 16, beginning in verse 5. John chapter 16, it'll be on the screen as well. And these are the words of Jesus. Uh, Last week we were in John 14, I believe, and Jesus was talking about heaven, talking about preparing a place. And and now we're in John 16. He's continuing this dialogue with the disciples. And and you could read through this closing dialogue in John uh, with the disciples before Jesus is crucified. And he spends a great deal of time talking about the paraclete, the Holy Spirit, the comforter, the one that was to come, the Spirit of Christ that was going to indwell them after the cross and the resurrection. Jesus says, now I'm going to him who sent me. Yet none of you ask me, where are you going? Because I love, I said these, have said these things to you, you are filled with grief. But I tell you the truth, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment in regard to sin because men do not believe in me. In regard to righteousness because I am going to the Father where you can see me no longer. In regard to judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now here, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will only speak what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me by taking who is, what is mine and making it known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you. Lord, help us as we unpack this passage today uh, just for a few moments in Jesus name we pray amen you know there's a lot in this passage and and, and I gotta tell you we it's another passage we don't have time to to, to fully exegete to, to, to go completely and unpack in, in just the 30 minutes that I'm going to take this morning you know, this this phrase for your good is that there's roots of bringing it all together that 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 somehow it, it, that, that, in other portions of Scripture, a very similar word is this collecting of things. And, and, and I think as you consider this, one of the things that's going on in what Jesus is saying is all this stuff will come together. Everything will make sense when the Spirit comes. You'll be, begin to see all these things that happen, and they'll begin to have meaning in your life. 
I think it has roots in the ideal that somehow the Spirit was going to bring this diverse group even closer together. And so as we gather here on this Sunday morning, on this Pentecost Sunday morning, the, the, the Holy Spirit still allows us to bring these things together, to, to come together as a people. And there's something inherently good in that. And then there's this areas of conviction that, 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 that's in this, in this portion of Scripture too. It's, it's fascinating language. And, and honestly, I, I read this uh, and, and I, I was kind of stuck in it for a while. And I, and I struggled with this passage, this portion of the scripture all week. It says, when he comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. And then Jesus says, in regard to sin, because men do not believe in me. In other words, the, the very root of sin is not trusting Jesus, not believing in Jesus, not, not allowing him to set the agenda of your life. So, I mean, the question is, are, are, are you believing in Jesus? Do you believe his words? Are you trusting him? In regard to righteousness, because I'm going to the Father where you can see me no longer. In other words, Jesus is saying, listen, I'm going to be gone. And I'm commanding, I'm asking you to live this life that's righteous, that's modeled after me. And you're going to be placed... In different cultures. If anyone in here is a first century Jewish carpenter, raise your hand, right? You're, you're going to be in a completely different culture, environment, situations. And, you, and, and we can't just look at Jesus' life and say, okay, this is how he did, and so I'll just do just like that. No, you're with families, you're in a different culture. And so the only way it's possible to have the mind of Jesus, you cannot have the mind of Jesus but for the Holy Spirit indwelling you and allowing you to see the circumstances you live in a way that Jesus sees them. And in regard to judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. In other words, when Jesus said, it is finished, it was finished. It was over. And so we, and if we were honest, all of us would admit at times we worry. We see the future and we wonder how. And I believe the work of the Spirit is to give us a peace and an understanding that God will finish what he started, that life will go on, that God is in control. An eternal perspective. It's just fascinating. And I got to tell you, I spent hours, hours, just reading those words over and over saying, you know, Lord, it's so dynamic. It's so powerful. But today, <laughs> I want to focus on conviction. What is conviction? And if you were raised in the church, you know, conviction is a good church word, right? <laughs> you know, conviction is what you felt when the evangelist or the preacher really got you to the point where you're palms were sweating and your breath was shallow and your heart was beating out of your chest, right? You know, it's, it's, a, it's a church service word typically. 
And, and if we were honest, sometimes the emotions you felt were the Holy Spirit. And sometimes it's just because some of these guys were really good at working up emotions in us, right? Right? Conviction is this church word. It's, it's this emotional, spiritual response in a church service. But conviction is more than a church event. If the only place you feel conviction is in a church service, you're missing this dynamic work of the Holy Spirit. See, conviction is when the Spirit shows us where we are wrong and we need to change. If you're sincerely following Jesus, I believe conviction is not something that's happened once and only in a service, but is the Spirit directing us in the environment we find ourselves in. And I want you to know, conviction is for our good. <laughs> this work of the Holy Spirit that stirs us up, that gives an emotional response, that, 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 that creates this awareness of of wrongdoing, being wrong in our life, is good. Hebrews 12, 5 and 6 says, And you have forgotten that word of encouragement that addresses you as sons. My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes you because the Lord disciplines those he loves. And he punishes everyone he accepts as a son. Folks, if, if, if we're in this love relationship with God, there are times when he will rebuke and discipline us. Right? Discipline is part of our relationship. And, and so this morning, I, I just want to practically talk about this for a few minutes. Are you open to the Spirit's conviction? Are, are, are you open for the Spirit to provide conviction in your life? And, and, and there's some practical things that I, I think that we need to be aware of. If, 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 you've, not, if you've not felt the Spirit's conviction, there, there's some questions, some practical questions that we need to ask ourselves. The first is, are you listening? Are you listening? Say, oh, Pastor, how do I listen to the Spirit? Well, you, you listen to the Spirit by being in prayer. I mean, how's your prayer life? You, you listen to the Spirit by being in, in the Word, God's Word, the Bible, right? Right? You guys are kind of laid back today. Is, is this laid back Pentecost Sunday? You know, there should be like fire coming out of your heads and stuff and doves descending. It's Pentecost Sunday. You guys are acting like it's Christmas or something. Hey, laid back, sweater. You know, the Word of God convicts. The community of believers should provide correction and conviction in the right way. Uh, now, now, I don't want somebody to all of a sudden say, well, I am going to become the work of the Holy Spirit in this church, and I am going to correct all the errors I see, right? But being in a... And, and, and I, honestly... That's what I love about our small group environment. And, and our small group environment's growing. If, if you're not a part, you, you need to see Judy. Judy, you in here? 
I saw her. She may be teaching somewhere. You need to see Judy. You need to see me. You need to see Josh. You need to see somebody and get plugged in because our, our small groups are growing. And small groups are this awesome opportunity to sit down and talk about real things. Rick and Tammy, is that not true? We talk about some real things. And some of them are hard. And, and, and it's not going to happen in a big environment like this. You know, you, you, generally, you're not going to have a time where you're going to talk with each other in this environment. In Sunday school, sometimes it's difficult because, you know, Bob, sorority, how big is your class? There's like 800 people in your class. There's more people in your class than in our church. It's hard to have those hard conversations, but sitting in someone's living room that you've grown to love and know when there's six, seven, eight, ten of you, is that true, Emily? You can have some hard conversations. So conviction comes through the people of God. Are you listening? Can you admit when you are wrong? Wives, don't elbow your husbands. Um, when you talk about relationship stuff, and, and, and you know, we're talking about a relationship with God, I, I think oftentimes our, our barriers in our relationship with others ends up being our barriers in our relationship with God. So, so if you're a poor listener in your relationship with other people, if you're so consumed in what you're thinking and what you're wanting and what your desires are, that you can't hear from other people, I think it's fair to check to see whether you're the same way with God. And if it's impossible for you to ever tell anyone you're wrong, it may be difficult for you to tell God, God, I'm wrong here. Can you say, I am wrong? Thirdly, how are you, are you willing to take appropriate action when you're wrong? So, so you've heard, and think about your relationship with other people. You, you've, you've heard, you realize you're wrong. Are you willing to take the appropriate steps to accept, own being wrong? You know, asking for forgiveness making things right, maybe restitution in an appropriate situation, or is your pride, is your pride so big that you just can't take those steps? Inwardly you acknowledge, but outwardly, see that can become a problem in a church. When we become so prideful in our purity and our ethics that we're not able to say, man, I really blew it there. It stifles the work. It stifles relationship. And when we're with that, with that with, like that with God, it stifles, it stimmies, it, it, it controls our relationship with God. The real question is this, are, are you a new wineskin? That's the language Jesus uses. You've got, you got to be new wineskins. And, 
and, and, and, and, and in a lot of ways, Jesus was talking about this end of the, the old way, the old covenant and the new covenant, that they were going to have to think completely different. You know, God was moving in a new way, and old wineskins have stretched as far as they can stretch. And to add anything else into their life would just cause them to burst. But new wineskins stretch. Now, some say, oh, well, Jesus is just talking from old to new covenant. No, I, I believe he needs people that are new wineskins that can stretch with him. That, that even in our day and age, we cannot become so set in our paradigms and our thinkings and our ways that God can't stretch us more. <laughs> Last weekend, or Friday, Spencer and I went to Kings Island. And, uh, you know, I'm taking him doing some roller coasters because I'm a daredevil. That's right. You know, doing, doing the Beast and Vortex and Top Gun, even though they all have different names now, if you've been to Kings Island recently. But, but I was driving back through Dayton, and I grew up in Connersville, Indiana. And, and I know, don't judge me on this, but when I was a teenager, I liked me some rock and roll. I did. And so the radio station I listened to, if anybody's from Dayton, anybody familiar with WTUE 104.6. Oh, okay. You guys will be praying for you. That was a trick. I've never listened to it. Except, you know, rock, why is it? Rock stations, they never say WTUE. It's WTUE. Yeah, right? So I thought, I wonder if WTUE is around. So I, I flipped to 104.7, and it was still rocking the house. And it was the same songs they were playing when I was in high school. Apparently, people are still rocking Journey on their eight-track tape players. <laughs> and I guess that's a good way to run a station. You don't have to buy any new music. The truth is, some of us have lived our Christian life like that. That we're playing the same song that we were playing 30 years ago, 40 years ago, and there's not been any difference in our life. Can we really follow God and not be changed? Is it possible that, that, that somehow we can have an altar experience and then maybe a second altar experience and that be the end? I'm blown away by God. I, I, you know, the older I get, the more I'm blown away by Him. He is so far beyond me. And can I tell you, in the last 10 years, God has continued to stretch me. He's convicted me. And he's changed me. You know, I, 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 I just, can I be transparent? How I've dealt with people outside the church has been changed by God because I begin to consider how Jesus dealt with people who were different than church people, Right? There, there's been times I've been judgmental. Well, well, they do this and they do that and they're that and they're that. And, and, and God has convicted me and I've had to see where I was wrong. God's still stretching me. And I'll be honest, I, I'm not, <laughs> I don't know when that ends. Maybe it ends in glorification. Maybe when we're glorified, we'll get to this point <laughs> 
where we see him fully and we understand fully. Here's the truth. God is never wrong. Right? God is never wrong, never has been, never will be. Till, till you draw your last breath before you were born, God is right and he's never wrong. But I am at times. <laughs> Amen? Not just me, but, you know, include you in that. Con- you know, yeah, Pastor, you're wrong a lot. <laughs> Sometimes I'm wrong. And conviction is that work of the Holy Spirit that allows me to see and respond to God's way of thinking. There's this dynamic passage. It's, it's in Acts 10. And um, it, Peter is, is beginning to have re, re some relationships with Greeks, with pagans. <laughs> and, and mind you, Peter is this leader of the church. Peter is the one that stood up on Pentecost Sunday and preached the first Christian sermon. And it was a good one. It was. 3,000 people were added to the believers on that day. Peter was significant, and he was full of the Holy Spirit. Then in Acts chapter 10, he He's, he's having these dreams, and he, he dreams like I dream. He's dreaming of bacon sandwiches and ham sandwiches, right? And God's saying, take up and eat. You know, you know the story three times. Eat, eat, eat this unclean food. Eat, 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 eat the pork. And Peter says, I've never eaten anything that's unclean, Lord. And God says, don't you call anything unclean that I've made. What's that mean? That that means Peter, this leader of this church, this man full of the Holy Spirit, had to come to a point where he said, God, you're right, and I'm wrong. So what about you? Where are you? Has God challenged you in the last month, the last year, the last five years, the last 10 years? See, I I believe we need to respond to him today. It's it's 925. We have plenty of time. I I, I promised you, I I did, I promised you what? A month ago that I was going to start preaching shorter so you could have more time to respond. I don't know, Amy, can you come and just play something? Nothing from WTUE, though, please. No journey songs. Or... And we're going to practice, and, and you know, I'm not going to have you stand or anything. Our altars are here. There's a prayer room in the back. Maybe you want to pray with somebody, but I, but I want you to, to listen to the Spirit speak before I close this in prayer. But, but we're going to practice this together. Can we, can, can we say, I am wrong together, okay? Can you, can you do that on the count of three? One, two, three. I am wrong. Occasionally, yes. And when you're wrong, what's the word say? 
It says when we sin, if we confess, he is faithful and he's just and he'll forgive us. Hebrews says, the the Lord doesn't rebuke you. He doesn't convict you. He doesn't challenge you because he dislikes you. He does it because he loves you. And so right now, let's take a few moments and listen to the Spirit. Who'd say to me, by just uplifted hand, the Spirit's speaking to you this morning. Would you lift your hands? See those hands. Let's pray together. I want to be like you, Jesus. I'm not content with just being the same old me if it's less than what you want me to be. So Lord, help me to hear your Holy Spirit. When the Spirit convicts May I be quick to confess, to acknowledge wrong, to acknowledge where I need to grow. Lord, help me to see people, to see circumstances like Jesus did. Help me, Lord, not to be so caught up in myself. That I can't allow you to move fresh through me. Lord, all of us in this moment, we lift our hands to you. And we say, speak to us through your spirit. Speak to our church. Those who lead, those who serve. Lord, all of us together as we we try to find your will and your way for us. May you move fresh and new in our lives. Lord, I don't want a stale relationship with you. But I want it to be fresh and alive. So help us, Lord. Keep us true to you. Keep us humble. Lord, may our pride never get in the way of you moving in our lives. And Lord, we're going to give you praise because you're worthy. We thank you, Lord, for your presence here today. We thank you for Pentecost, for what it means. And Lord, we pray that we will be your people filled with your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Folks, you're dismissed. A couple things I want you to be aware of as you're leaving. Taylor's here, and Taylor's going out to Colorado and in a, next week, Friday, right? And so we're going to be getting you information on how you can support Taylor as she works with Campus Crusade. We have several of our kids are doing work and witness trips. Caitlin is heading. When are you heading out, Caitlin? June 17th. And so we'll get you information, prayer information, uh, financial support information. Megan Porter's going to New Zealand. New Zealand. I can't even say it. Somebody say it for me uh, here pretty quick. And then we also have Lauren Woolham is in. Is she in? Did I see Colorado as well? Or is she still? Yes, she's in Colorado as well. So we're going to be getting the information on ways you can support our kids as they do work in witness trips and, and serve in different capacities. God bless. You're dismissed.